Proverbs chapter 30. This morning we looked at how to think in the new year, and I want to follow that, that theme. So what is our formula for thinking uh, in, in a biblical way? So Proverbs chapter 30, look at verse 5 with me. And why don't we go to the Lord before we start reading the scriptures. Lord, thank you so much for your word and the opportunity to study it. Father, thank you for these faithful people. Thank you for Grace Baptist Church. Father, please be with all of our friends and loved ones that are sick right now. And Lord, please help them. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs chapter 30, and look at verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. So the first thing that we have to do, and this is going to surprise you. I know that my first point tonight is going to shock you. All right, are you ready? Have confidence in the Bible. That's a, that's a good first step. Just have confidence in, in, the, in the Bible. One of the things that I think, how many of you, honestly, your faith in the Word of God has grown through this pandemic? Because the Bible has told us exactly what's going to happen around the world. And the, I think I mentioned to you that that Doug Wilson, the Presbyterian guy that I enjoy watching on YouTube, he was answering the question, is the, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? And, of course, he doesn't believe in any of the rapture or anything like that. He's a, he's a post-millennialist. But he said, um, if you can't buy or sell without it, if you don't want people to call it the mark of the beast, stop acting like a beast. Isn't that good? It's amazing. So what has happened for me is during this time, what the Bible the, what the Bible says, it has become more and more true. And I don't know more and more true, but it has, it has boosted my confidence in the Word of God. So uh, I, when I said Happy New Year to Laura and we were talking about the new year, I said to her, do you remember when we said how happy we were 2021 was here because we could get through with all this pandemic stuff? How many of you said that? And so we might say the same thing about 2022. Oh, we'll get through this. I don't know if they're ever, I don't know if they're, if we're ever going back. Um, we were, Jacob and I were watching a video that was uh, filmed. It was a, a conversation at Oxford. And Jake wants to go to Oxford. I'd love to take him to Oxford, take a bunch of you to England and do a Baptist history tour, you know, history of the Bible tour. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to go to Europe again. I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to be able to happen. And so as we go into the uncertainty of this new year, we have to begin by having confidence in the Word of God, having confidence in it. One of the best verses on it, go to Luke chapter 4. You all know this verse, Luke 4, verse 4. And Jesus answered him. Of course, this is when Satan was attempting to tempt Jesus. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. By every word of God. Have confidence in the Bible. As it's written and as it's translated, just trust the Bible that you hold in your hands. Amen? So number one, have confidence in the Bible. Number two, have confidence in the Holy Spirit. Have confidence in the Holy Spirit. Look at John 16. Simple formula. 
or how to think in the new year. Confidence in the Word of God, confidence in the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 16 and verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he's going to guide you, and you can trust him. What do you think the thing is that keeps us from seeing and recognizing and sensing the leading of the Holy Spirit? What would be the number one thing if we're not in the Word of God? That, so how does God speak to us? Does he speak to us through visions and dreams, through impressions and feelings? How does God speak to us? Well, I just believe that God wants me to, you know, I prayed about it and God said it's okay for me to leave my wife. You know, God wants me to be happy. Is that in the Bible? Is that anywhere in the Bible? Um, you all, some of you, how many of you know, who, do you remember who said that? That's when uh, Amy Grant left her husband and married Vince Gill. And, and she said, well, my pastor said, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. Good pastor, huh? Now, really important that we get this. The thing that keeps us from knowing what God wants us to do Is the Holy Spirit going to guide us? Now, specifically, this is Jesus telling the apostles that he's going to help them to know how to do ministry and to write the Bible and all of those things. Specifically, that's what's being addressed here. But this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit teaches us the Word of God. So in order for the Holy Spirit to teach you the Word of God, you have to be in the Word of God and you have to trust it. You have to believe the text or the Holy Spirit's not going to teach you the Bible. So have confidence in the Bible. Have confidence in the Holy Spirit. And then have confidence in the Bible's ability. Have confidence in the Bible's ability. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, look at verse 13. Uh, look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So God didn't give us worldly things. God gave us the spirit. He gave us something through the spirit. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So have confidence in the Bible's ability to define itself and to interpret itself. As we come into this new time, who knows how much longer we're going to be able to have church? Who knows how much longer we're going to be able to to have the world that we have known and grown up in? We have to have confidence in the Word of God. So if America fell right now, would you lose confidence? God, where are you? How could you do this to us? How could you? We've been faithful. Oh, really? Our country's been faithful? Really? No. The country's not faithful, but we can be. We can be. And then what an opportunity for God to use us when these things come. So have confidence in the Bible's ability to define itself and interpret itself. And then have confidence in your ability to know the truth. 
Have confidence in your own ability to know the truth. Um, Go to John chapter 8. Every one of these passages that I'm using tonight is very familiar to us. John chapter 8 and verse 32. Look at verse 30. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if, if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're following Christ, you are a disciple of Christ, you can know the truth. You can know the truth. Now, how many of you ever talked to a Christian and they're telling you something from the Bible that is just the wackiest, weirdest thing you've ever heard, right? And that's just Eric Edwards. He's not laughing at all. Look at that face back there. What happens when somebody is giving you, they're giving you some weird interpretation of the Scripture, this is what I think it it ought to be. The problem is this is very often a person that's not in church, they're not into the preaching and teaching of God's Word. They've not been biblically discipled. They're just going to make the Bible say what it wants to say. That's not the truth. Amen? And so what happens is you meet people like that, and you say, well, I don't want to be that. I guess I'm just not going to say anything. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not really very confident in my own ability to understand the Bible. That is not biblical Christianity. You can understand the Bible if you have confidence in it, if you have the Holy Spirit of God, and then if you just understand how it's put together, and that happens through biblical discipleship. So have confidence in your ability to know the truth. Then have confidence in your ability to actually believe it, to actually believe it. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For Every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So now look at verse 3. Go to, yeah, verse 3. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, look at what it says, of them which... Believe and know the truth. Which believe and know the truth. So there's one thing about knowing what the Bible says. There's another thing when you actually believe it. Amen? So you young people, you know some of you are home from college. And you're going to go back to college. And you know what the truth is. And you're confronted with something at school that is not true. And that causes you to disbelieve the Bible. Well, the problem is not the problem. The problem is not the Bible. The problem is you do not believe it. And this is where you've got to get some things settled before you head back to school. 
Because I promise you, Christian college, secular college, someone is going to say something that will undermine your faith in the Word of God. And you have to have confidence in the Bible, not in men. I will say this. I I, I try to say this to young people that are going off to school, and and I've not said it enough lately. Um, Let me just say it very clearly. I can answer any question they have. Somebody brings up a question, it won't be one we haven't heard. And, and who's we? Me and all the other preachers that have been doing this for 40 years. The, the, every once in a while, a young person will come along with a question, and they think they've got you, you know, as if we've never heard this before. Right? We can answer any of their problems. And if I can't answer it, I promise you, Jeff Faggart or James Knox or Dalton Robertson or Michael Scott, somebody that I know can answer this question, uh, Lawrence Vance, Somebody that I know will have, if I don't know it, somebody that I know will know it, or we'll go and dig in and find the answer together. We have the answers. Have confidence. Have confidence. And believe that you can know what the Bible says. You can know it. But this is the hardest part about when you're in that college age, you're transitioning from your parents' faith to your own faith. You're transitioning from your pastor's faith, from your Sunday school teacher's faith, from your youth director's faith. You're transitioning from that to your own faith. You've always had somebody else to to rely on. When it's just you in that classroom full of infidels, now you're on your own. Unless you have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Amen? And greater are they, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But I like it when Elijah told, told his servant, they that are with us are greater than our adversaries. And he says, what are you talking about? Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And the Lord opened his eyes and he saw a great host all around him. Folks, we win. We are winning. And you young people, just believe the Bible. Believe it. It's so fun. The more science discovers, the truer the Bible is. The more archaeological discoveries are made, the truer the Bible is. The longer I live and watch the human condition, the truer the Bible is. Has the Bible changed? No, just our perception and confidence in it does. We can trust it. So have confidence in your ability to know the truth, to believe the truth, and then to discern the truth. If you have the Holy Spirit of God, he'll help you discern the truth. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. So he's talking about Christ, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For and, and anybody who's ever taught knows you get to a certain point and people are looking at you like this. They're dull of hearing. They're not you can't they, you can't teach them anymore. You gotta stop, you gotta show a film. You guys don't use film strips anymore, do you? You got you, you got you to change. Something has to happen. But this is talking about more than a person's uh, physical strength. This is talking about their spiritual capacity. So again, look at what it says, verse eleven: "Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as need." of milk, such as have need of milk, 
and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So by reason of use, folks, again, you college students, you need to be having biblical conversations here, now, at home, with your Christian friends, so that you are ready to give an answer to people that give you grief in school. You're not just automatically going to be prepared unless you've been doing it, unless you've been practicing. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, I was on YouTube. You guys know I'm a YouTube addict. Uh, in my YouTube feed, ping pong came up. And it's so fun watching these world-class table tennis players because it takes me back to my training and, and playing in tournaments, playing at the U.S. Masters and all of the drills and all of that that we did and how fun it was to walk into the Hoosier Dome and have that place set up and, and go in as a ranked player and play. It was so fun. But before I went in there to play, it was hours. You, you'd start and you'd say, okay, four hands, and you're just sitting there like this. You get in a rhythm, and it's just 30 minutes, just four hands. Okay, backhands, same thing, exact same thing. Then you'd shift chops, you know, whatever, and you're just doing it over and over and over again because when you're actually in the, in the game, when you're in the tournament, you don't have time to think about, okay, how, where do I get in my position now? How do I do it? Why would we, oh, by the way, I lost to a 12-year-old Chinese girl, just in case you wondered what happened to me at the U.S. Masters. True story, I promise. Um, why would we think, why would we think that standing up for the Lord and fighting for the Lord is different than any athletic competition or any other academic competition. Why would we think it's any different? We have to exercise this. And if you never talk about godly things and now you're confronted and somehow you've got to come up with the words to answer these arguments, it's going to be very difficult. Now, I'm very thankful that how many of you have been in a situation that you really weren't prepared for, but the Holy Spirit helped you? Isn't that wonderful? And that's what we do here. We try to get you ready for that, and the Holy Spirit will take all of that and use it. Praise God. But you need to do the work, and not only the young people, but all of us. We're going to have to learn how to take a stand because things are getting worse and worse, as the Bible tells us they will. So have confidence in your ability to know the truth, to believe the truth, to discern the truth, and then, but by the way, look at verse 14 again. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, look, to discern, to discern both good and evil. Then God will give you the ability to remember the truth. And that's John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. If you'll do the work, if you'll get into the word of God and do the work, the Holy Spirit will help it come to your mind. I promise. And I know that from personal experience. I've told you several experiences that I had as a young man where God brought scripture to my mind that I hadn't specifically prepared for that moment. If you'll do the work, you'll get some things in your mind. God will use it in a supernatural way. It's an amazing thing when it happens. So how to think. Have confidence in the Bible. Have confidence in the Holy Spirit. 
Have confidence in the Bible's ability and have confidence in your ability. But so how do we, how do we apply this? Just a simple application. Believe the Bible. Look at the words and phrases. Compare those words and phrases. Mark cross-references in your Bible. Um, and I really recommend any of you who don't have it, get a Bible that has some kind of a margin in it so you can write cross-references. Um, God's given me a good memory, but I don't have it up here tonight. But if I'm doing a difficult thing, I'll always bring that other Bible up because I've got my cross-references written in it. Whenever I do question and answer, I have that Bible there because my cross-references are written in it. Um, what's the what's the, the old saying? A short pencil is better than a long memory. Right? Just write your cross-references down so you're able to look it up. And then what you work on when somebody asks you a Bible question, you just need to know where the first verse is. If you know where that first verse is, then you've got those cross-references written in your Bible. And write a little heading. You know, so I might put Holy Spirit. And so if I can just go to John 14 or John 16, that's a good place to start with the Holy Spirit. And all I know is it's John 14 or John 16. I go there and there's my, I've got it marked, there's my heading. And you know what I have written in my margin? Holy Spirit. And then I'll turn to that next reference. And you know what it'll say in the margin? Holy Spirit. And then the, the verse of the next reference. Then you go to the next verse. You know what it says in that margin? What do you think it says in that next margin? Holy Spirit. How many of you can do that, what I just said? Can you do that? Make sure that you have a Bible that allows you to do it. Now, you might have to get a Bible that's large enough that will make you embarrassed for people to see you with it in order to be able to do that. So it's a very important thing. So believe the Bible. Look at the words and phrases. Compare the words and phrases. Mark the cross-references in your Bible. And then take note of whose mail you're reading. Who's it written to? Then remember to distinguish between Israel and the church. Have you all heard any of this? Remember to distinguish between Israel and the church, even in the Gospels. And when you learn something, hang it on something you already know. What, am I, what do I mean by that? No floating ideas. No floating ideas. So um, it, it's funny. My brain does this automatically. I just, stuff just connects in my brain. I didn't have to be taught how to do that. Praise God. That's when people comment on my memory, how do you remember this stuff? Well, it just connects in my head. That's the way that it works. Sometimes we'll be talking, and I'll start, you give a topic, and I come up with some stupid joke about it. And somebody will say, how do you remember all these jokes? Just that joke is connected with that topic. I didn't say the joke was funny. I said the joke was connected with that topic. And that's just the way that my brain works. But I promise you, when you learn something, so if you learn something about the Holy Spirit, connect it to something else you know about the Holy Spirit. So you learn something about interpreting the Bible. Who's the interpreter of the Bible? The Holy Spirit. So connect that to something else you know about the Holy Spirit. Um, connect these ideas. There are so many different topics in the Bible. If you don't connect it to something else that you already know, it's going to be a real problem. The first time we've got that set of books in the bookstore, um, History of the Baptist by John T. Christian. And I know I've told you this before. But the first time I tried to read that, I don't know, 25 years ago, it was very difficult for me to read. Now it's very simple because I'm really familiar with the names. You know, and many of you just from sitting in church, you know, you've heard of the Waldensians, you've heard of the Albigensians. When you come across those names, they're not new to you. When you see the word Anabaptist, that's not a new thing to you. Um, those types of things, just because you're familiar with the terminology, now the topic is much less daunting. You know what I mean? You don't feel like you're, you're out of your element. You're out of your depth. 
So when you're learning something from the Bible, connect it to something else that you already know. When you read something in the Bible that speaks to you, well, mark that passage and then connect it to another passage. So that reminds me of this. Well, go and look that up, make sure it's the right passage, and write the cross-reference down in your Bible study. And what's going to happen is you're going to create your own study Bible. What a blessing that is. So, believe the Bible, look at the words and phrases, compare the words and phrases, mark cross-references in your Bible, take note of whose mail you're reading, remember to distinguish between Israel and the church, even in the Gospels. When you learn something, hang it on to something you already know, no floating ideas. When you learn something, say it to someone else. Say it to someone else. It's amazing. If you'll tell it, if you'll engage your mouth, you've got your brain, now you've got to verbalize it to somebody else, it's amazing how you're going to remember it. I promise you, it is amazing how you're going to remember it. So what are you going to have to do? Your, your, your friends are going to start thinking you're weird. Hey, let me tell you something I learned from the Bible. Let me tell you something I learned from the Bible. So you're doing that with your buddies. Well, then when you get to college and somebody confronts you, you've already had that conversation with somebody. You already know how to say it. And that's when you start growing, speaking the word of God. So when you learn something, say it to someone else. But not only that, write it down. Keep a journal of your Bible reading and the things you're learning. Write these things out. Learn to formulate how you're going to say something. And you're prepared. Then obey the truth you learn, and God will give you more truth. If you learn something that you're supposed to do and you don't do it, I'm just telling you, God's not going to open his word to you. He's not. If you want to learn more, do the things that you know to do, that you learn. Amen? That's how to think in the new year. Now, let me just ask you a question. How many of you have heard at least some of what I just said? Let's just do it. Amen? Let's just do it. Let's all stand together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we do have confidence in it. We believe it. We believe it. Help our unbelief. <laughs> Lord, when somebody brings us something and it, it's something that we haven't seen, it's a question that we haven't heard, Lord, that, that feeling of anxiety that comes up, Lord, help us immediately to run to you, to just continue to believe your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together.